The CEO of NetSafe, Martin Cocker, is on the line with us. Hello, Martin. Very good afternoon to you. Yeah, good afternoon. Thank you for coming on the show. Now, Martin, can I ask, first of all, please, it's a, it's a very basic, very Luddite, non-tech question, so I apologise in advance, but sure. my wife and I and our daughter, but particularly my wife and I, our, our only way of guarding against unsuitable material for our children, for, and in our case for our grandchildren, is to look over their shoulder. Are there other ways that people can do it technically so they don't have to be constantly supervising, literally physically supervising children? Yeah, there certainly is. And they work particularly well for younger children. As uh, children get older, they, they work less well. So, uh, you know, you can certainly set up filtering in your home so that your home network is uh, filtered out uh, harmful content. Uh, there are software products called parental monitoring software that you can put onto devices uh, and that helps you to know what they're looking at, how long they're online for, what apps they're using, etc. depending on the particular software. So there are definitely technical solutions. As children get older, they either deliberately or, or sort of through the way that they use them sort of work around them. But definitely for younger children, they can make a real difference in terms of helping you keep kids safe. Now, how difficult is it to install that sort of thing or, or, or to get that sort of thing working? Is it the sort of thing, Martin, that you feel if you're very computer illiterate, you're definitely going to need the help of a, well, probably not a teenager because he or she might have... An been, IT guru. An IT guru, yeah. No, you shouldn't. I mean, most of them are designed for, for parents to install on uh, their children's computers or on their, on their networks. And so they are, you know, they're meant for everybody. And in the same way that, uh, you know, you would install um, antivirus software or security software or something like that, you know, the, the, these products will step you through the process and help you to, to make the decisions about uh, screen time or what you'd like to allow access to, et cetera. So, no, I, I would think that most people would be comfortable that the software is designed to, to step them through the process. I don't think anyone should be intimidated by by that sort of uh, software. Martin, are you increasingly alarmed at what's out there, what you need to protect your children from? Does it does it shock you? Is there anything we can do about it? Yeah, well, the product that you're talking about today does mark another sort of evolutionary step in the in the software that we've seen. And I mean, obviously, we've known that this sort of deep fake technology becoming widespread was was coming. Uh, am I? I mean, I'm no, no more alarmed today than I was yesterday, I suppose, insofar as we did see this kind of thing coming and we do see, you know, continuing challenges uh, in, in this regard. And the good news is that this, the, the products that the software creates are already covered by our two key laws in the space. So if you use this software to create an image using a child, you would already be producing an illegal image in New Zealand. And if you use it to produce an image of an adult and then harass them with it, it doesn't matter that it's a fake. It will immediately be covered by the Harmful Digital Communications Act. So so our law's already ahead of it. Right. But the practical terms, you know, knowing that it's illegal doesn't stop people doing it. And, you know, we've, you've, you've had plenty of callers talk about children at school. There's no question this product or products like it are going to be used to bully and harass uh, amongst kids, and that's going to do harm. That's, that's unfortunate, but that's real. Martin, do you feel that in what looks from the outside to be an arm wrestle between basically people using the net for nefarious purposes and on the other side people trying to keep decency and reasonable behaviour going, in that arm wrestle, who do you think's winning? <laughs> uh, I think probably... Um it's hard to say, isn't it? I mean, the reality is everybody sees the, the harm, they see the abuse, they see these sort of uh, products becoming popular. Uh, you know, it'd be hard to say that, that we're, we're doing a great job keeping the internet uh, 
reflecting, I guess, the kind of balance of society that we would like. Uh, but, you know, certainly it's not it's not lost. It's not all bad news, and there, there are certainly things that can be done. Uh, and I think that, um, you know, it takes sort of shocking events to jolt countries and big players into action, and we've, we've seen that here in New Zealand, and we've seen some real progress off the back of that. But, you know, overall, there's definitely still a lot of pressure on parents and teachers and grandparents to be protecting young people and, of course, on all of us individually to be, you know, keeping an eye out for our own safety. Do you think, there's a text here, Martin, and it's from a guy called Mark. I like it. He says, hey, guys, wouldn't one way to stop your children accessing porn and these kind of apps on their smartphones is buy them a cell phone that isn't smart? Now, that's, you know, this is basically the old old Nokia job. Now, it seems kind of very simplistic, but in actual fact, it's damn hard to buy one of those phones. It's actually really hard to buy a phone that just, is that a fair comment, Martin? Oh, it is very hard to buy them. That's definitely a fair comment. It, it, it would be a way to stop uh, young people from having access to, you know, harmful apps and that sort of thing. But it would also be a way to prevent them from using some of the apps that you might want them to be using. Uh, and of course, the the so- uh, parental software that I men- mentioned earlier, that won't work on those older phones. So, uh, you know, kids oh, right. will be texting to each other things that you wouldn't want them saying, et cetera. You'd have no way of, of managing that. So. Uh, you know, the reality is most phones are smart in the, t- in the sort yeah. of definition of smartphones, and that's what we have to work with. Martin, do you have any idea of your own numbers? Like, how many parents are using NetSafe, and how many people are on NetSafe, or is it, and a percentage of parents that use it versus those that don't? Oh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, we're mostly an information service, so we have tens of thousands of visitors to the website uh, every month. We have, uh, you know, I don't know, about 350, 400 calls for assistance each week mm, yeah. uh, across a range of things. So, so you know, it's a pretty, pretty busy service. Uh, and then, of course, we have all of our call them affiliates, but partners, people like schools and other players who help distribute information. So I think this is a hot topic for parents right now. You know, I mean, the reality is that a lot of people are concerned about uh, issues for their children online. It's a pretty hot topic for, for adults. We know a lot of adults are abused and harassed online as well. Uh, you know, it's definitely one of the issues of today. Mm. Martin, you're obviously patently an expert in technology and so on. It's a matter of interest. We've got a very dear friend in Auckland that's a teacher at one of the largest girls' schools in Auckland where they've banned kids. Their phones have to go in the locker and they mm. don't come out until they leave school. Yep. From a philosophical point of view rather than a technical point of view, what do you feel about kids having access to phones for, or not having access to phones, I should say, throughout the whole of the school working day? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have any problem at all with them being put into the locker in the morning and then taken out at the end of the day. I mean, the, the real benefit in phones for families is often organising pickups and drop-offs and locating children and that sort of thing. You don't need that during the day. The, the, you know where the, the children are. Uh, mostly phones are just a distraction. Very few schools are using phones in the education program. If they are, then that's perhaps different. But, uh, you know, we don't have a problem with that. I think... The issue is whether we would recommend an outright ban, like they like they have done in Victoria and Australia. It's, we don't we don't recommend that, and that's partly because the, the issue of bullying, cyberbullying for schools, is that the bullying happens outside of school on social networks, outside yeah. of school hours, and then comes into the school. And, and banning them during school hours won't change that equation for schools. Martin, it's been a delight and very informative talking to you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you.